great job. And we really appreciate the leadership that Phil provided and the work that he's done and led these men in that. He's going to give us a report. I don't know if other men are going to say something tonight or not, but they're all welcome to. Uh, give us a report on, on the, the great mission, great work that they have, they have accomplished down in Guyana. So, Phil, thank you, brother, for all you've done. God bless you. Well, I have to be honest with you. I'm glad to be home. <laughs> 17 days living in a place that you're not familiar with and the elements that you're in, it's tough, real tough. Before I break something, I do this. Um, Brother Ridge, you can put a slide up anytime you want. If you want to start off with one. But, you know, um, Pastor Shane caught me off guard two days before I left. He emailed me, and he goes, oh, by the way, you're preaching in my church Sunday. I emailed him back and said, I'm not a preacher. He goes, yeah, you are. And I, the fact of the matter is I have preached, but I am not an ordained minister. I'm a lay minister, if you want to, if you want to call me anything. I've never got to preach in a pulpit. That was the first time I ever got to stand up in a church and preach. I've given testimonies. And I kind of liked it. No, Pastor, I have not been called. But you know, um, the men met with me for about six weeks straight every Tuesday night. And I kept enforcing to them about unity. And I don't know why that word kept bothering me, but I do know now because God gave me some words to speak to them, and I'm not going to be preaching tonight, so please bear with me. But I do want to share a scripture, two of them actually, um, that my message was on. And the title of my message over there was Unity Coming Together. And, you know, the more I looked around, that word unity is all over our, our Bible. And um, I asked the people over there, what do you think that means? And the average person would, would think, well, you know, uniting together or saying the same thing at the same time, stuff like that. But then I said, as Christians, we need to revert back to what Scripture tells us about unity. And I said, I'm going to explain to them. That in Psalms 133, 1, how good and pleasant is it when brothers live together in unity. And in Colossians 3, 14, and over all these virtues, but put a love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so it started from there. And so... You know, some of you might have seen this slide. Um, that's just from the first trip. Me and um, Ralph and Pastor Dominic went over there. And the security of the church was in bad shape. I won't never forget when I walked up there, Ralph and I grabbed that door and we just pulled it off the hinges and we threw it down. So you can, keep, you can move on, Rich, if you want. And then we started putting in new doors. That's called purple heartwood. That was probably the hardest wood I've ever seen in my life. You can't drive a nail in it. 
you can't screw a screw in it. You have to pre-drill a hole to do either one. It's the hardest one. That comes out of a Brazilian rainforest, and that's this natural color. Beautiful. And you can go on. I'm going through this fast, folks. I have 100 slides to show you, but it's going to go fast. And, of course, we well, this is a frame. You go on. Um, you know, this is a typical construction. Um, next slide. And there's a door in place and locks. We got the place secured that, that last, that first time that we were there. And um, you can go ahead. Um, we started filling in some areas with mortar. That was where a door was. And you keep moving. I'll stop you. Um, we decided with some scrap wood that we had left over, we'd go ahead and build a little front stoop on the porch to help the people get in and out of the church. And um, um, there's one of my sidekicks there helping me. He wanted to pick up the saw to say he did something. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> we worked hard. These uh, two gentlemen, they, uh, we were blessed to have them back helping us this last trip. David's on the right, Andrew's on the left. Um, the windows arrived that, uh, while we were there that first trip. <coughs> we got them fitted. And um, that's what they looked like before we left. And you'll see before at the end what it looks like. It's definitely a lot di different. Um, this is what the church looked like, you know, when we arrived at, of course, this is after we put the doors in, but if you look at the trellis windows, they're busted out, and you see that fence that's all mildew, and it was just in bad shape. Um, we were able to put a new electrical service, and they needed it. It was very dangerous what they had, so that got upgraded. Um... Some of these got out of sequence, I was told, so, you know, I'm going to explain them. But this young man here, just so you all know, when I came back and gave my report, I was hit hard by what I saw over there. Um, I saw them using a little wooden outhouse. I did not show the detailed pictures of it. You will see one tonight. I didn't show it the last time because Pastor Shane was here. I didn't want to embarrass him. And... And I'm um, hoping I don't get in trouble when I do show, but it, you need to see what these people were using. And so we decided we were going to build an addition. And I drew up a plan. And we raised the money. And through the help of you and many others, we were able to accomplish our mission. And we built a 15-foot by 34-foot wide building on the back of the existing church and it was made one block at a time by this man. He made the blocks. He made three blocks in one minute. While we were there as a tidbit and guys, I, I, I told some of the men that I was going to do some figuring and I wanted to share it tonight, but just so you'll know, um, there was 1,380-something blocks laid. And that one man made them blocks in two days. Amazing. They just have a system. They don't know how to stop. The, one of the main objectives was actually the roof. When they had services, it leaked 
Michael said, while we were there at raining, I remember me and Ralph up front and the pastor uh, dominant, you know, started raining and started dripping on my shoulder, you know, and the lady come out with a little mop trying to, and I'm so blessed to see what we accomplished, but their roof was really in bad shape. They only had three rafters across a 50-foot span, and it was really dangerous. And um, so this is, um, that's Gerald. He was my roofing man that I put in charge. Gerald's a pretty neat guy. He talked to you like this. He'd go, Brother Phil, I need you for a moment. I'd say, what do you want? I need you to come look at this. And so I'd go out there and look at it. I mean, it'd be perfect, you know. Is this okay, Brother Phil? Yeah. Thank you, Brother Phil. I'm going to move on. And, And... that's him to the T now, and and Pastor Shane, man, he's got Miguel's not here, but I'm telling you, he's got Miguel down pat. Because Miguel would go, I don't care, you know. And Pastor Shane could, and we all had fun doing our jobs over there. But that man right there was one of the hardest workers over there. He belonged to the original church that Pastor Shane, he's, a, he's on a board member over there. He's a very much of a Christian man. He has a family. This is uh, Salwin, 17-year-old. He quit school in, the, I think, the fifth grade. Um, he took up with Miguel. And Miguel took him under his arms. That's him. And we put him to work. Um, he was, I think Miguel talked him into going back to school. We're hoping he will. Um, Miguel had called home. He touched his heart so bad. A lot of people didn't know this, but uh, each one of us men, we got hit hard over there with compassion. And Miguel had his wife go out and get shoes. And and, um, when the team came, one of the team members delivered this little boy some shoes because he never had any. And so he's got shoes now. That's Miguel and him putting up our after. Those are beams. They stretched across from one side to the other side, 26 feet. They were almost six inches wide. Um, they probably weighed close to 400 pounds. And we manhandled them. We put one end up, then we put the other end. And this was before the team arrived. And I didn't work. Where my wife is, I didn't work. If you see me anywhere in this picture, that's the other. That's Philip, Miss Carolyn. If you see me, that's Philip, not Philip. So, anyhow, we built, I, I engineered a truss. We bolted them together so you can go ahead and move on. And that's what we ended up with. Look at that. And um, we did, thank God that we did do that because we found the ridge beam going down had split and cracked, and the roof had dropped some seven inches, and that right up front was where it was raining in front of the pulpit. And so we were able to get another beam and put underneath it. We took sledgehammers on a flat board, and we both all kept hitting them and pushing it, and we jacked that roof back up. And we were able to get it straightened back out. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. Well, God helped us do it because it's amazing. So... Um, this is another amazing thing. All the concrete 
out there was mixed out on the street by hand. Um, there were some 36 yards of sand brought out there. If you don't know what 36 yards of sand is, the, that's two and a half of those 18-yard dump trucks that you see. And all of it was hand-carried from the street to the back in buckets. It was mixed on the street. And they, they had a system down. It was all hand-mixed. It was put in. They had a total of six buckets. They had a rhythm going. They knew what they were doing. And it was astonishing to me because they didn't stop. And the gravel... In my notes here, it was between 18 and 21 tons of gravel. And there were 67 100-pound bags of Portland that was stored that they used. And that took care of the mortar, that took care of the concrete that we did in the back, everything. It was all mixed out front and carried to the back by hand. So, go to the next one. Uh, so they brought it to the back. We broke ground in the back of the church. We had to put six columns up. Uh, stated right there, we put columns up. Right to the right, that little metal thing you see, that's the outhouse. And you'll see at the end, that outhouse is no longer there. And then we started coming in with brick walls for the foundation. That's the floor height, as you see it right there. And he got that. He laid all them blocks in one day, what you see. And then um, you can go ahead. I'm just showing you the columns. And then all that sand had to be brought back there by buckets, too. Bucket at a time. So that was put in. They kept wetting it down, and, and they were going around packing it. And, and there's a finished product. We're down about five inches so we could pour our concrete. And um, the concrete, uh, you can see the little squares. That's wire mesh we put in. I put a vapor barrier down to keep moisture from coming back up in the building. And it came in one bucket. That's JL. She was my sidekick from the first trip. She's 19 years old. She is a graduate from high school, and she has a year and a half of vocational school. She carries her journeyman license now as a plumber. She helped me plumb the bathrooms. She knew it as much as me, if not better. And Tom will tell you she took, she's in electrician school right now, and she hung out with Tom and Joel. I assigned them obvious Tom as my lead man in the electrical field over there. Joel, I teamed him up with Tom, and I'll tell you about them two later, what they did. It was a major, major accomplishment, but she helped them, and she's, Tom left her some electrician's tools, and Tom's sending her some more tools. He's took her and her wing. Don't take my partner away, Tom, wherever you are. But, but she is sharp. You'll see her all over the place. Okay, uh, next slide. We might be hung up. There it is. That was a priority by our pastor. We sent four industrial fans over there. 
They had no AC over there. They were using some little floor models. We bolted these fans high up on a solid column where they couldn't be stolen. And you no longer have to pull a switch uh, chain like that because Tom was able to cut everything loose and rewire them to where all I got to do is turn a switch on now. And it's very professional. They oscillate. There's four of them. They really probably could use two more, but I can tell you between the metal that we put on and these fans, it was like 25 degrees cooler than that. So this is showing a definition of what the side of the building with those holes, that was their ventilation. Folks, that's not there no more. That's all been knocked out. It's been blocked up solid. So there's the first piece of metal coming off the original roof. You can see how bad it was. It was a... Um, they call it zinc over there. It's not like our metal here. It's a little bit thinner, and it's like a it's like a heater, you know. We had to put new face boards on the building. And you see the front of the building there? Now, see how that has got that stucco finish on it? And look at the windows. They're not squared now. We arched them. So you see it taking shape? So, and this is looking when we took the first big section off. Um, right after that, man, we had a rainstorm, and I thank God we sent tarps over there. We were scrambling. We got it all covered up. And the minute we got it all covered up, boom, it stopped raining. The sky came out blue, and that's the way it is over there. And um, that's Miguel up there with Sal, and they're, they're putting up faceboard and help holding boards. Go to the next one. <clears throat> Keep going. I just wanted to show you the steps. Here's the roof. That's our first blue that went on. That's the color. It matches our blue. That is a uh, heavy-duty ribbed metal. We bought the best we could get. They make it over there. And um, with the blue on the top and the white underneath, it acts as an insulation. It won't let the heat penetrate through. It reflects it. So the building is so much cooler in there now. And um, that's it from a distance going together. That's a house towards us right there. Somebody lives in that, believe it or not. Um, that's the house on the right. We need to pray for that piece of property. They need that. I stood on that ground and prayed instead of prayer every day while I was there. They need that. And I'll tell you why. We had a delivery. That's how our materials got delivered. You know, <laughs> if you only knew what we saw over there. <laughs> I, was, I was telling Pastor Shane, where's our boards? He goes, it's going to be here. I have patience, Brother Phil. I says, it's four hours. He goes, he should be here any minute. And now that time, the guy comes riding up with a horse. So there he is. I gave him a $5 tip. It's a lot of money over there. Okay. Now look at this, Pastor. How do you like that? This is the side of the building. Um, the front is behind this young man. But if you, what I'm trying to show you here is... The holes that was in the side of the church have now been blocked up, and then we stuccoed the side. You can see it coming down. And with Tom and Joel's great wisdom, they even tied in, and we put new 
uh, lights on the both sides. You can see the lights there. And um, one of the biggest surprises we didn't know we would be able to do, um, we were able to actually form and pour sidewalks down each side. They don't have to walk in mud now. So that's the back of the building going up. Um, keep going there. Um, that's the back of the building. You see how we, they got that stuck. Oh, you see the walls coming up. These are two of the guys that helped us. They're mudding the side of the building, covering over the blocks there. These guys work hard over there. A team finally got there. And they were a great relief. Um, the day they got there, Dwight says, where's my pressure washer? And he put that thing together, and he was ready to go, and he started pressure washing. And I tell you, Dwight, thank you. You stepped up for us, man. That was awesome. Miguel helped out. Um, we sent a little pump over there. I rigged us up a, a submergible pump. We had to, we ship, were able to ship some tools and stuff over there in these plastic 55-gallon um, drums. And Patrick helped me locate these drums, and me and him, before we shipped them over there, me and him made up a little makeshift thing, and I want you to know that our idea worked, and it fed the pump, and thank you, because we would have been able to do it, and it worked good. There's a lot of help being done over here, too. Um, our paint started going on a couple of days later. That's J.L., but she wanted to be involved in everything. She's with Brother Hugh right there. Brother Hugh did, uh, you know, uh, we could have gotten more painted. Um, Jim was set up to go with us. He was going to be our painter. As y'all know, they had their house got flooded, man. But, Jim, we didn't get it all painted. And there's going to be another trip, and you're on the list. <laughs> if, if the pastor let us do that next year. So, but as you can see, we're, it's coming together. Look at our windows on the right now. They're arched and, and all new face boards. Um, here's the uh, white stepped up and started painting. He couldn't go over yay high because of his back and all. But JL said, Dwight, 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 I'll do the high stuff. You let you do this. And, and buddy, she, she stepped up and they cut in. And there's our doors, how they got the clear code. I mean, everything. Um, he worked hard. We didn't have a sprayer. Just didn't work out. So everything was done by hand. We rolled it or used brushes. And uh, we're cutting in and putting trim in. I don't think Bob Brenton or Tanya Brenton's here, but they donated all the paint, and then we shipped it over there. And, um, probably close to about, I don't know, there was um, some 38 gallons of paint. And it was high-dollar paint from their paint store. They they mixed it and helped us. There's my electrician. There's Tom. Um, Tom and Joel did a major, major thing, folks. Um, I don't know if they even realize it because I did all the buying over there. But just so you guys know, and I got it right here somewhere. Here it is. Y'all not only succeeded more than what we expected, but you laid right at a thousand linear feet of wire throughout that church. 
And, Pastor, not only, you know, the church had uh, six little strip lights hanging. They installed right at 20 new permanent fixtures, and they were all LED. And I think they were, were they five or ten-year bulbs, Tom? They, they were, they last a long time. Five, five-year. Joel's saying five. So, in a minute, you'll see what they look like. But that's Tom and uh, Joel working together. And um, Joel picked up with Tom. Tom got it all going, and Joel would do, I guess you'd call a top out, coming back behind. And we did it in such a way. These are the fixtures. Um, man, that place lights up like a Christmas tree in there, man. It is just bright. I mean, they were astonished when they came in that Sunday. And just instead of getting on a bucket and pulling the string on a light hanging, you just turn on a switch, and they were like, oh, it was like a miracle. And it just put chills on your arms. And um, they were just so pleased. So another fan that we did, very professionally. All the wiring was neatly done. Um, some of these are repeats. There's the lights. Now, with what I'm showing here, folks, see that wire hanging down? That's what they had. And see the little strips? That's what they had. I wanted to take a picture. All that's gone now. And there'll be another picture here in a second, I hope, to just show you the finished product. Wow, there's a nice picture. <laughs> that's Brother Herman, and there's Joe, uh, JL. That was at the last Sunday there. They wanted a picture with me. There's the inside of the outhouse they used. That's what they used. It melted my heart when I saw it. There's my plumbing that we went in. We, we, we had a breach the side of that above-ground septic tank, and um, we got it in. I ran the plumbing, the, the water. You can see the water lines coming in. And, um, now, this is inside one of the bathrooms, and if you're looking out the door, you don't see an outhouse no more. And um, you can see a light switch. This is inside the back of the addition where it got all um, matted in with the mud and finished out. Uh, that's the center part. His prayer is to one day have a little kitchen tent nook in there and a, a stove and a refrigerator. And on the other side of that wall was um, his office and then the bathroom. But I surprised him. I had block left over. I asked the block guys, and man. I'm going to run and make a shower. I made him a shower. I'll tell you something. Some people over there didn't know what a shower was. It, they, they used water outside in a bucket they poured in their head, right there on the same street that the church is on. And that right there is going to help the ladies with their children and stuff on the street. Pastor Shane is doing whatever he can to reach out to these kids in that neighborhood. There's one of the light fixtures in there. Um, so I saw some boxes inside the church up under this table. So that's shame. We were moving. They were heavy. And the church had this white tile throughout. And he goes, well, that's just extra tile. And I said, well, how many do you got? He goes, oh, we counted them, and I measured it out. I said, you got enough tile to do your bathroom floors. <laughs> so... I did call our pastor. I said, Pastor, I know you're not going to believe this. And I, I, says, I said, I even hate to ask. 
Pastor Shane didn't even know how a toilet worked. I had I argued with him in the store trying to tell him how a toilet worked. He goes, no, it, it just dumps out. He goes, it just dumps out in the pipe in the back, doesn't it? And I said, no. And, uh, and he goes, well, what is this wax ring thing? I says, you'll find out. I'm not, I don't have time. I want to get back. And, and <laughs> but look at this. This is the other surprise. There's the sidewalk. Brother Herman has one leg, by the way, um, several years ago. It's J.L.'s father. And no one knows the true story about this church's history. It's kind of like our pastor. He came, came in and helped building the church up. Well, Pastor Shane came into this church, and it had three members. And that was one of the elders that never left. But he got his leg ripped off. And a conveyor belt somewhere over there. And, and, but you know that man, he don't let up. But you can see the outhouse is gone. There's the two doors on the right. But look at the roof line, folks. Now, I don't have the full picture of it, but all those holes on that building over there on the right up there, that's all filled in. But that roof line hangs over on both sides of the church and it now runs all the way down over the sidewalk. So when you step out, you're under a covered roof because when they gave us the metal, they cut it a certain length. And when I got over there and we cut it off, I did some computing. I drew up a little sketch. I said, Pastor Shane, we got enough metal to do this. But I need a little bit more money from our pastors by wood and that's what really that was for. So now they got a covered walkway pastor. So when they come out, of the side door, they're undercover, they can walk up to the bathrooms, it's ramped up. And, um, that's what they had before, you had to step out of the door and walk towards me, and if it was raining, you were wading water. Now, they got a nice sidewall like we have. That little girl, got to use that bathroom for the first time. She walked out, her little shoes didn't get dirty. All conquered. Here's my team. I love them. Those guys are great. Long ride home, Pastor Dominic. I didn't put you back up there. You know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> Ralph, you too. Why is it I'm always up and everybody's sleeping on the way home? You know? I couldn't even wake him. Joe, so you, you know what? The steward is, they were afraid you had a bomb tick and you were snoring. You must have cut ten cords of wood. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Tom, when he sleeps, he's very elegant. He's nice and neat. And he's like, and that's everywhere I saw him. It, it, he, even when he's working, he's just... I love you, man. He's something. You know, I wasn't going to put these on. But I did. Because there is a need for us to go back. You're either rich 
Oh, you poor. I promised Dwight I would tell him something, and I, I, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here, but I remember this scripture right here touch homes with that because it says remember not the former things nor consider the things of old behold I'm doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert and that's just what God did I remember I started out with a little drawing. Go back to that little drawing if you can. Um, Rich, you can get back to it if you can't. I understand. But when I drew that first drawing, this is what we ended up with, folks. Because I didn't have enough on my phone to finish taking all the pictures, but everything's in the white. That front roof there is an honor of the white because... We didn't have enough, and Dwight donated the finances to have that front little roof on the front porch put in. And they had some rain. It's got nice concrete columns coming up. And Pastor Shane was trying so hard to get us a picture so I could put it up tonight. And I just didn't get it in time. But it's, it's almost done. And that's going to complete it. Look at this. Here's a new church, folks. Look at that entranceway. Go to the next one. <clears throat> Boy, that'd be bad if we have to stop here, wouldn't it? It, when you see this church, it's like you took a new building and with a helicopter and just set it right down in that desert. Look at that. It's amazing. There's a wall. All accented. Tom, uh, Bob Brenton and them didn't only send us regular paint, but they sent us trim paint, too. And they, they couldn't have picked out a better color. It all worked out great. Look at this. These do it unjust. Um, there's better pictures. We just didn't get them in time. God worked a lot of miracles while we were there. I was, I was in a lot of... You know, ever since I've been home, man, it seems like people are wanting to beat me up. I've just been through so much. I want to share something with you folks real quick. And um, I woke up one morning crying. I didn't let the team know I was being bothered with things because there was so much going on, team, that you didn't know about. But there, and, and it's nothing, you know, it's just something that, things that I didn't want you to know about. But I, I woke up early about 6.30, well, I don't know, somewhere, but it's real early. And I said, good morning, Pastor. Please pray for me. I woke up this morning, 
And I guess it has hit me just how blessed we are. For the most part, it seems they are 60 to 70 years behind us over here. Outhouses, horse and buggies, and such. I can't help but wonder now, is it my heart feeling sorry now? Or has our Lord really called me here? I know there is a reason for me to be here, and I want you to know I am doing my best for our sister church in Guyana. My emotions are just running high this morning. The people are so beautiful over here that, yeah, it's just so sad to see what we see. I love you, Pastor. Give my best to our church. Yes. And this is how I love my pastor. Simple. He texted me back. I have been there so I know and I have been keeping you in prayer and special prayer for you yesterday in the church as we commissioned the other four men who will be leaving today to come home. That meant so much to me. Because it's hard when you see the things we saw. Because I didn't want the team to know. Pastor Shane's number one goal, his vision over there, he doesn't get paid as a minister. He doesn't get one cent. Not one cent. He has a full-time job. His vision is to reach out to the youth and the children. They have no schooling. They have no education. And whoever's the strongest is going to survive. Our second day there, me and Miguel witnessed possibly a murder right out in front of the street in front of us. I was standing there, and this guy came running by, and then three guys behind him, one carrying a concrete block, one a machete, and one of them, they played cricket over there. It's a board. And three other guys caught him out on the street. And we, the guy with the block ran out and hit this guy so hard in the face and blood went out. And I was just gone. I dropped everything and I jumped the ditch. When I jumped the ditch, I fell down. I was going over to help. And um, Brother Gerald grabbed me and did Brother Phil. Mold. <laughs> Is going to turn on me. Then I, I, I came to my senses. I knew I was in another country. And, um, apparently, the, the young guy stole a bicycle. I know the word on the street was. Um, heard two things while I was over there. One, he he died, and the other, I heard that he was healing. So, um, that's where the help is needed over there. There's nothing for the children. There's nobody else. Pastor Shane's been elected throughout Guyana to serve on um, these retreats to help the youth. His goal is that's what he wants. He wants if, we, if he could get that property next door to where uh, a building could go up for like a youth center in that neighborhood, I just know that it, it would help a lot of young men. 
And they really want it. They're crying out for it, but there's nobody there. The, the government just turns their head. The, the police turn their head. It's, it's just the way it is. And the text that I text pastor, I got my confirmation, and I know God called me and has still called me to help out. And I hope that maybe once a year that we can work on it and make another trip. There's so much more that is needed over there. The stage is really, I don't know, it's about a foot high, Pastor. It's, it's got a lot of rod on it. It needs to be replaced, this platform. They have no, their, their keyboard is about half the size of that, and there's three keys missing on it. They need a keyboard. The last one was stolen, but the church is secured now. Um, they need stuff like that. The inside could use pain, obviously. Their pews are about to fall apart. Chairs. So keep that in mind. I don't want to hold anybody, but I want you to know I think my church and I love my church. And I'm so blessed to be here. And guys, if you don't mind, if you don't mind coming up here, and I got one thing I got to do real quick. Dean, where are you at? You need to come up here. This wasn't my idea. Let me tell you something. We had so many people helping out, and, and, you know, it's not about singling out one person, but Dina, she started a flip-flop fund. We sent two barrels of it full of brand-new flip-flops. She, she went out and got brand-new clothing and, and, and collected this stuff, and she was my right-hand person. Debbie was so involved with LTI, and... Sherry got involved with having to help out with their situation because Sherry was on board on it. And this is nothing against any of you two, Debbie or Sherry, but this is made out of Purple Heart. And the top gift is from Pastor Shane because the scripture she sent us touched him. Every day we got scriptures from her as well as our pastor. And um, just words of encouragement. She kept us going. And the, the amount of stuff you collected, and you, you could have seen the children because it was your instrumental doing that. You touched many children with clothing and shoes. And I thank you. Thank you. And the team, it was their idea. They said, we need to do something because she kept us going. And um, many other people did too, but gosh, I could sit here all night and tell you folks something. I'm just going to pray right now real quick and hand it over to you, Pastor. I hope we did a good job. I feel like we did. I think there was nothing I could say bad that anything happened. There there was a couple of bumps in the road, but we overcame them. And guys, you're going to be commended, every one of you. It couldn't have been done without you. And our church, it's not us, it's you. <laughs> Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord, and for giving me the opportunity. I hope I shared what you wanted me to share. I hope I said the right thing. This was your time, not mine. 
There's no I in ten. And I'm so glad to be a part of a church like this family here. The prayers came through in many ways. I thank you for giving me the strength that I needed. And also the support that came from our church and many others. I pray for each and every one here tonight to be thankful for what they have. We've all been through a lot here today, the storms and stuff. But I can assure them there's nothing near as bad as Scythia don't And I don't understand, but I do know this. You are in control, and that's what I keep going. My faith in you, Lord. And as long as you keep calling me to serve for our church, I'm going to be both here, there, or wherever you call me. Bless our pastor. Give him the strength, Lord, to do the things that he is continuing to do. Bless our associate pastor, Billy, and pastor's wife, and all of our leaders, and all of our team. And when we unite together in unity, we can continue to build your foundation and your kingdom, and that's what it's all about. In your name I pray. Amen. wanted to recognize uh, all of these slides you saw tonight. It seems like when you look at them on the screen, and even to me, I'm looking at them tonight, and I was not thinking about all the things that go into it. There's a lot of technical things.